Good morning, this is Bryce Peterson, and this is episode four, The Garden of Your Mind. I go out for a jog most mornings, and there is this particular yard that I pass by every day in our neighborhood, and every time I go by... I am astounded at how beautiful this yard is. It it literally takes my breath away more than the jogging (laughs) Uh, every time I pass by. And I used to not jog, believe it or not. Have you ever not jogged before? That's the life right there, not jogging. Oh, I love not jogging. But... I would pass by the yard driving, and you just see it at a glance. I never saw anyone out there, didn't know who lived there, any of that stuff. Just knew that it was a nice-looking yard. But once I started jogging and passing by the home a lot more slowly, (laughs) my jogging is not fast, I began to notice more of the finer details of of this yard. And... It is unlike anything I've ever seen. And my wife and I have lived in nine different places. So I've seen a lot of yards. I've never seen a yard that compares, ever. The closest thing I can think of that is sort of in the ballpark is the way they keep the grounds at Temple Square in downtown Salt Lake. But I'm pretty sure that's kind of a mess right now with all the renovations that are going on. But in the absence of renovations downtown, all the the way that looks, if you've ever seen it, that's really the only thing I can think of that, that comes close. The grass is like golf course. It's, and I don't have a ton of experience with golf courses other than I know the grass needs to be really short in the putting areas. You can putt a golf ball on this grass it's it's very flat there's no lumps in it and there's no weeds growing in the grass it's all a uniform color and i i don't know how it's accomplished but nevertheless it's a reality and then it's got this very meticulous edge to the grass that winds around the yard and there are flowers and other plants that I have never seen anywhere else. The colors are so vibrant, and the plants are positioned in just such a way. It is just an outstanding work of art. And since I started jogging, I also noticed that every morning, the owners are out there doing their thing, and and they're not moving fast or anything like that. They're just leisurely moving through, plucking a weed here, digging at this, touching touching up that, and it's a daily thing I've noticed that they're out there just doing a little bit every day, and I've complimented them recently and just told them what a great yard it is. They know it's great. They don't need me to tell them, but I just so much appreciate the fact that they are taking the time to do this because it it benefits me. It really just inspires me. 
that they would take the time to do this. And I would guess that they really enjoy what they're doing or they wouldn't be doing it. But at the same time, they don't have to keep their yard looking this amazing. They don't have to do this, and yet they do. And so many people end up benefiting from this. And so I wonder, could it be that our minds are like a garden? Could it be that the Garden of Eden, be it metaphorical or physical, that was presented to Adam and Eve? Could it be that we've had the same thing presented to us? Here's an amazing garden of opportunity for you. Till it. Take care of it. Nurture it. Benefit from it. Let it be a work of art so that you can enjoy it and others can enjoy it. Have we allowed our minds to be a garden or a weed patch? And do we take the time on a daily basis to keep those grass edges clean and intentional and eliminate those little needless weeds that really don't contribute to the overall beauty of the yard? Do we foster an environment for those vibrant colors of those amazing flowers? Really great questions to ask ourselves. Now, I have never been one that had a particular proclivity for yard work. Let's just say that. It's never really been my wheelhouse. I have not chosen to do that. So as I look outside, I see some tall weeds going on. There's, there's weeds in places that, you know, my neighbors probably would think, hey, Come on, Bryce, at least you could remove the weeds from in front of your garage. You know that that uh, spot in between the cement pieces, those lines where the weed, they just start to grow in there, which I'm inspired by weeds because they can grow from anywhere. Not the bash on weeds, but... That's that's kind of how into yard work I am. But another great example of an awesome yard would be what my mom's done with this fountain in the backyard of my parents' home. So years and years ago, probably 25 years ago or so, when they when they moved into that house, let's see, I was 14. So yeah, 26 years ago that they moved into that house and it was a brand new neighborhood, no grass anywhere, no plants, no nothing. And my mom decided that she wanted to have a fountain back there, quite ambitious. And she had this bid out and she was getting $10,000 bids to handle the the kind of a fountain that she wanted and she was like no no thanks I'm gonna go ahead and do this myself I thought she was a little off her rocker for deciding to do that she started digging the hole I don't know that I assisted 
digging the hole uh, for the fountain. I helped with the sprinkler system, but I I want to say my mom did this entire thing. She she dug the hole, and after one season, you know, the weeds start growing in the hole, and I'm thinking, yeah, I wonder how this is all going to go down. But little by little, and I kid you not, over the course of about four or five years, she built this fountain. I have never seen its equal. She hand-plucked stones from neighboring home construction sites, placed them one at a time all around in this pond. It's about 25 feet long, maybe 20 feet long, about 8 feet wide in places. It's got three levels. It has three fountains spilling into the pool below all made by hand-placed stones, no mortar, and there's two or three pumps in there pushing the water around. The only thing that she bought for it were the pumps and the liners. But she, it's an amazing fountain pond. I've never seen its equal. I've never seen it. I mean, you, you can tell when you go some places, oh, that's a neat looking fountain, but you know they used heavy equipment to do it and I mean, it's neat looking, but if you're to see this thing, it's it's so impressive. I always like to brag about my mom's fountain. But we can do this with our thoughts. And again, to reiterate, this pond was not necessary. It was completely optional. My neighbors that have the most amazing yard I've ever laid eyes on, and I doubt I'll ever see anything that's as amazing as their yard, completely optional. They don't have to do that. They could go ahead and zero-scape it or just not care about scape it like we do with our yard <laughs> just mow the weeds down occasionally it's it's all optional but really it's about what do we want to create we've been given this opportunity to have a mind and from that mind flows everything that we experience and we get to decide what colors we want and if life is seeming a little bit drab and a little bit full of weeds, that's okay. Nothing's gone wrong here. But we can intentionally decide what we want to experience. We have the power to do that. It's a divine right and a divine heritage that we have to be able to do that. And it's such an exciting journey to see that. So I'm super grateful for my neighbors and their incredible yard and my mom and her outstanding fountain. And it, it gets me thinking about how wonderful it is to have agency, the ability to choose what we want to experience. And I reflect on how this is such a fundamental concept in, in our experience. In, in the pre-existence, this really was the discussion, the big discussion that happened. And in the Pearl of Great Price, we know it's kind of laid out there. There was a plan presented, and Heavenly Father said, Whom shall I send? And our Savior Jesus Christ said that he would come here and be our Redeemer. And then Lucifer's concept about everything was that he claimed he could pull off a different version of the plan and that not one soul would be lost. And surely he would do it 
And then at the height of hubris, he said, surely I will do it. Therefore, give me thine honor. He asked the God of heaven and earth, our heavenly father, to step aside, to step down and hand over the keys to the kingdom. And this even before Lucifer had even delivered on his audacious promise, gutless promise. And because he sought to destroy the agency of all of us, he was cast out. Now, sometimes we think to ourselves, at least I have, uh, and I've heard it said elsewhere, Satan wanted to put us into a straitjacket on earth and just force us to do the right thing so that we would be able to go back to the heavenly presence after we die. That's most of what I've heard. But what if it was set up in his mind and the way he had tried to sell it to us? What if, what if the whole idea here was no matter what you did, you would be taken back. You'd be allowed to go back no matter what you did. What if there are no consequences to your decisions? What if no matter what you do, you get the same outcome? Do you actually have agency? You only have agency if you can affect an outcome. If you cannot change the outcome, you have no agency. So the whole plan of salvation is about sustaining the concept of all of us have to have the freedom and the ability to choose our own outcomes. And this is exactly what our Savior Jesus Christ has made possible for us. He believed in us. We mattered so much to him. And he wanted to make sure that our choices mattered. That what we would do would actually make a difference. We're told in the Book of Mormon that in the absence of his atonement, all of us would become devils and angels to a devil. Every single one of us. But because of the atonement of Christ, we can all be resurrected. We all will be resurrected. If you've come to earth, you're being resurrected. If you die, you are guaranteed resurrection because of the Savior. And then it's up to us to choose how much how much of God's blessings we want to receive into our lives, what we want to create, what we want to embrace, and all because of what the Savior did for us. So he is the author of freedom, and he has given us this garden, this mind, and we have the opportunity to choose our outcome. I think what gets a lot of us stuck, we've all experienced this, is we feel sometimes, you know what, no matter what I do, the outcome is going to be the same. Things are still going to be crappy no matter what I do, no matter what I've tried. Things are still crappy. There's no getting out of this. It's just one failure after another. People just asking me, people are just asking me to do more and more work all the time. My job is getting more intense for less pay. My wife wants me to do this and that and these kids and these expenses are blown up all the time. This is a this is a self-inflicted prison. There's a lot more going on here, but when we feel like we're trapped that the outcome is going to be some same dismal thing no matter what we do, that's prison. We feel like we don't have agency, but 
It is our thoughts that are creating that feeling. Thoughts are optional. We can embrace more useful thoughts. We're on a journey. We're on a journey of discovery here. And our timeline is different than, than the heavenly timeline. Time and God, he's outside of time. We used to be outside of time when it was just our spirits and God's presence. But now we're here on this, on this earth. This is quite a fascinating place, isn't it? This is a remarkable thing. I'm sitting here right now looking at my camp chairs out here on the porch by the, the weeds that are growing very close by. And I can see it because there's this amazing orb in the sky that we understand to be, what is it, nine light minutes away? I don't know how many thousands of miles away the sun is, but it's just zipping around in the middle of outer space, all these globes just falling around each other, and the light's coming off of that orb, and it's eventually hitting these things, and it's bouncing off of these objects, and it's coming in through my eyes, and my brain is interpreting the information and presenting this experience. This is amazing. This is amazing. I don't care. It doesn't really matter what's going on around you. Let's take Let's take a moment to be amazed. Even if I haven't taken the time to make my front yard the oasis of my neighbors, I just don't know if I have it in me to do that. But I could. I mean, that's a, that's a limiting belief that I have on myself. I could do that. I could do that. I could learn about that and make that happen. We all have the ability to create amazing things. And have amazing thoughts. It all starts with our thoughts, and I'm so grateful to know that my thoughts are optional, that even if I have taken the time to embrace thoughts that don't serve me, that really have no upside, that's okay. Just knowing that I have the power to change that at any time is a life-giving, inspiring thing, and it, the emotions that come to me when I embrace those kinds of thoughts leave me feeling hopeful. So what are we going to do with our garden? The garden that is our mind. The sky really is the limit. 